Hello, and welcome to the Bella Podcast. Today we're on with Harmony, and we're discussing stress, what it does to the body, and its effects, and how we can manage it. Harmony is a nurse. She's a podcast show host in her own show, Harmony Inspired Life. She's an Ayurvedic practitioner, a holistic coach, and a small business owner. On top of being a mom, she is on to discuss stress and its effects on us. So please welcome Harmony. Without further ado, here we are. Okay, Harmony, how are you today? I'm well, thank you so much for asking. Um, I'd like to thank you for being on our podcast today. And it's really exciting because you are an Ayurvedic practitioner. You're a coach. You're a a nurse also. And I wanted to start start our discussion by discussing what it is you do, how you got into it, a little bit of history behind who you are. Yeah, sure. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate coming on to your podcast as well. So it's a pleasure being here. So yeah, I am um, a an Ayurveda and integrative health practitioner. So I use my um, sort of Western medical background as well as integrate some other sort of philosophies, including Ayurveda and natural medicine and um, functional medicine into my practice. So I am based on the Gold Coast um, in Australia, but I do see clients all over the world um, through telehealth conferences. Um, and yeah, I got into, I, so I'll start with, I've been a nurse for more than 16 years and I saw that there was, um, I guess a real gap between sort of allopathic medicine and natural health and growing up, I have always been into the natural health side of things. My parents were very, um, into all of that, grew up on a lot of land and we used a lot of herbs and it was sort of, yeah, a really big, um, thing for my upbringing. But then I moved and moved to sort of more of a city like place on in Australia and went to university and with that I did my nursing degree and fell into that more allopathic medicine but I did notice throughout my time as a nurse and I I still am nursing but um, I noticed that there was a big gap between sort of natural health and the allopathic medicine and the gap seemed to be widening and widening and Allopathic medicine does some things really well. It does, you know, acute emergencies really, really well. Um, It's come a long way to be able to treat all different disorders. But I found that it did lack a lot of things. And with chronic health in particular, it wasn't always the best. It didn't um, promote lifestyle and diet and all of the things that we know through the Ayurvedic lens that really help to understand, get to the root cause of all disease manifestation and also help to not only treat the symptoms but the root cause. So that is why I really wanted to bring Ayurveda and these natural medicines more to sort of the general public to be able to bridge that gap between modern medicine and natural health. Wow, thank you for that. That's amazing. Wonderful story. Now I'm looking at your um, your history and, and everything, and it looks like you had 
um, a little bit of experience with what you just spoke of about having this disconnect and everything. Can you explain a little bit about that and how that affected your your journey? Yeah, absolutely. So I um, I've had IBS for many years, so irritable bowel syndrome. So I get like a lot of the the bloating and all of the things that come with it. You know, I used to go to work and people would be like, oh my God, are you pregnant? <laughs> I'd be like, no, it's just my belly playing up. Thank you very much, IBS. So I, um, with that, had gone through, you know, the allopathic sort of routes. I've gone to like GPs. I've been sent to gastroenterologists. I've been to um, dietitian, like medical dietitians. And nothing really helped my IBS condition. Nothing helped my symptoms. Nothing was really solving any of the issues I was having with it. So I, that is sort of like when I really turned to Ayurvedic medicine and started to really sort of dive a little bit deeper into the gut health side of things through the natural health. And through that, I got absolutely amazing, amazing results. And I think with anything like gut health and hormonal imbalance, you know, at the same time, they go hand in hand. And when I was having a lot of these IBS flare-ups, I was also, I guess, what you could call rushing women's syndrome. I was working as a nurse. I was also teaching yoga and Pilates and all these classes over town. I had twin boys. I was running them. I have a business. I was running a business. I was just doing a lot of things. And that can create, you know, a, a great big hormonal imbalance in women when we have an imbalance between our sex hormones being estrogen and progesterone and our stress hormones being cortisol and adrenaline and hormonal imbalance and gut health they really do go hand in hand and as I was mentioning before these sort of conditions they're not always addressed um, I guess I'd like to use the word appropriately because I can't think of a better word at the moment but they're not always dressed the best through allopathic medicine we need to start looking at our lifestyle. We need to start looking at being in line with nature and our circadian rhythm because our bodies, our, our body's system are aligned with the circadian rhythm, our hormonal system. And when they become out of balance with one another and out of balance with nature and who we are, we do find that disconnect between ourselves and our body and our mind. And this disconnect creates a lot of um, symptoms and disease manifestation. And as we know in Ayurveda, there's, you know, the six stages of disease manifestation. And our body is constantly trying to tell us that these things are going on in those early stages, you know, one, two, and three. But when we have that disconnect, when we're so busy, when we're rushing around, we're doing all the things, we don't hear it. We don't listen to our body's intelligence speaking to us in stage one, two or even three and it's not until you know we get to those sort of final stages of disease manifestation that we start to go hang a minute like something's going on here and I need to treat this and this is where Ayurvedic medicine and natural health is is really really important to sort of understand so that we can get back to our own sort of balanced state of being. That's fascinating. I One thing struck out to me that you uh, mentioned just a second ago, actually a lot of it struck out, but um, rushing women's syndrome. 
I mean, that's something that we kind of don't hear, but we do a little bit of in different terms. But um, we, our society right now is is that way. We are an immediate immediate gratification society, and when we have all of these tools at our disposal and ha- have all of these um, demands placed upon us, and whether it is coming from a family or a um, work environment or um, any type of other environment that that you are placed in, it poses a problem and it poses a, um, a huge opportunity for that disconnect that you sp- speak of. I'd like to, um, our, our topic today is, is really discussing this and discussing the stress related to it and how to manage it and work through that. Um, let's, let's build a little bit more upon some of this disconnect and some of the things that can happen before we kind of discuss strategies and all that other stuff. So you mentioned a lot about your, your gut health and hormonal connection. Um, can you go delve a little bit deeper into like what that means and what that entails and um, how that manifests? And as you mentioned earlier, just a second ago, you were like those those pre pre-existing signs that um, can come and warn us that we're a little bit too much or we need to slow down or things of that nature. So um, can we go a little bit deeper into that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So like I said, hormonal imbalances and gut health, they really do sort of go hand in hand. And often I see women um, come into my clinic with very similar symptoms. So a lot of them is lethargy. They just have no energy. They feel completely overwhelmed and burnt out. Um, They get bloating. They might be a little bit more gassy than normal. They could be getting some sort of um, heartburn or regurgitation. And they're also feeling like they're not themselves. They do feel that sort of disconnect. Their stress and anxiety levels are increasing. And when they look at it as like a whole picture, they're just not understanding why and what is going on. Sometimes they come in and they think that they've got, oh, I don't know if it's my digestive issues that are sort of playing up. Is it my gut or is it my hormones? Because I've got like a lot of mood instability along with those other symptoms. And basically, we don't we don't treat things in isolation because these things are very much related. So our hormonal system, for instance, it is chemical messengers that um, are signifying to all of our body what to produce. And like I said, a lot of these times, it all sort of starts from being out of rhythm with our own bodies by um, biomechanical clock, being out of that circadian rhythm, being out of alignment with nature. And from this, we can get these hormonal imbalances. And like um, you mentioned earlier, we have a lot of different things going on in our lives at the moment in this modern world. There's a lot of underlining chronic stress that's going on. So I like to tell my um, clients, like our body does not differentiate between the different types of stresses. So if we 
are having, you know, an acute stress situation, say like we run out onto the road and a car nearly hits us, or if we, you know, are getting anxious and worked up about going to work because we don't like our job, or even if we get there and we've got all of these things to do or the kids constantly nagging us or heightened sensations of noises going around that sort of trigger triggering our senses, all of these are different stresses on the body and the stresses on the mind. Our body doesn't necessarily differentiate between the different stresses. What it will do is our adrenals will produce adrenaline and cortisol to combat these stresses, to try to help out. But in a chronic stress situation, it keeps producing these hormones. Now, our adrenals will also produce a small amount of progesterone and our progesterone as a, for I'm talking like female health, women's health here, I um, specialize in women's health. So our adrenals will produce a small amount of progesterone and our progesterone is our sort of keep calm and carry on hormone. It also helps with sort of inflammation and, and weight. The other way we produce progesterone as a female is to ovulate. Now, stress can do two things to the body in regards to progesterone production. It can prevent us ovulating so we don't get that progesterone hormonal surge and it can also shut down our adrenals production of progesterone. Therefore, what I see a lot of the time, our progesterone is low, yet our estrogen in women is high and the stress hormones is high. And that's why we're seeing a lot of sort of estrogen dominance going around. Now, the other thing is if we don't have good gut health. We don't have, well, I'd, I'd like to just go back there. So stress also impacts the gut and can impact the eccentric nervous system of the gut. We've got so many nerves in our gut and with a poor sort of um gut bacteria so when we have um, not a healthy gut microbiome it can also affect the signaling from our gut to our brain producing GABA which is our sort of happy calm hormone in the brain as well and vice versa. The other thing is as I mentioned about the sex hormones and the stress hormones in comparison having those estrogen dominance our gut also helps to detoxify um, excess estrogen in the body. If we don't have it, we have certain um, enzymes, we have got certain microbes, sorry, in the gut that helps to metabolize estrogen to get it out of the body, to move it through so that we can keep that estrogen progesterone balance in into play as well. But what happens when we have a poor gut health then our estrogen is also not metabolized properly through the gut. So one of the pathways of estrogen metabolism isn't working. And then we also need to look at the liver health as well. So everything is very intricately connected between hormones and gut health and our liver health. Um, but just to keep it simple, we'll talk about like the gut health and the hormonal health. So... Have I answered your question <laughs> or have I gone off on a massive tangent here? Absolutely answering it. It's wonderful. Um, there's a lot to this. It's very, very complex as we can see, as we're hearing also. Um, what are some of the signs? Like you started off with a little bit of signs that, um, uh, the, that were not in balance and were becoming uh, too stressed. On um, You mentioned 
lack of energy you mentioned um i don't know if there are any menstrual signs or any of that i'm sure there probably is what 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 other signs are you going to know early on um so that we can be aware yeah, sure. So the early on sort of signs and symptoms that you would be looking at is, you know, that general sort of um, lack of energy, lack of motivation. Um, you'd be looking at like from the gut health perspective, bloating, poor digestion. You can have constipation or you can have loose stools. Um, and then you would be also looking at the menstrual cycle. Like are you cycling? So, uh, is your cycle in a rhythm? Is it like between sort of every 26 to 32 days? Is it a bit longer? Are you spotting between? Um, how's the blood loss? You'd look at are you actually ovulating? Like has the stress impacted your ovulation so much that you are perhaps not even ovulating at all? Um, you would look at, you know, so that would cause then maybe pro like a large length of time between your cycles or amenorrhea, not cycling at all, not having that menstrual bleed. Um, PMS symptoms, is there fluctuations, like large fluctuations of mood between your cycles? Um, are you getting headaches? Do they correspond to your cycle? Um, food sensitivities, intolerances, inflammation systemic inflammation in the body brain fog is a big one if there's any inflammation in the body it can affect your like your brain so a lot of the time we see brain fog as one of the big signs and symptoms as well um, when we look cl more closely at the specific um, pathways and the the specific glands or organs that produce um, hormones we might talk about the thyroid and you know for instance with thyroid hypothyroidism we can look at sort of weight gain that sort of unexplained weight gain so it's not like you're you've just stopped exercising and eating a whole different diet but if you're kind of doing the same things and you're constantly gaining weight or not able to lose weight easily um that can be a sign of hypothyroidism feeling cold in in the bones feeling cold in your body um hair loss is another one there's all of these yeah different sort of signs and symptoms that can seem very vague but when you that's why it's so important to have a proper consultation with a client so that you can get the whole history the signs and symptoms and then piece all the little puzzle bits together so that we can have a look at like this a case in a really holistic manner interesting lots of things to look at and look for it's um surprising because as you mentioned these things i i hear those all the time from everybody and friends family oh i'm fog i'm you know i'm not there the today i'm not uh this that and and we just blow it off and we don't think about it and um oh you know i've got to overcome this i've got to like rise above and i'm going to do better and you know because we're we're consistently being asked for more and well, I shouldn't even say asked. We are consistently being held accountable for more and for what we are supposed to do. So uh, we've talked about some of the imbalance. We've we talked about the gut. We've talked about the hormones. We've talked about that stuff. Ayurveda has a beautiful saying about it should be. And so what should a cycle look like? What should someone feel 
how how does Ayurveda describe that that healthy person, the Sara? Yeah, so with Ayurveda, it's all about you know bringing the mind and the body collectively back into a more balanced state, and so. I always like to, I guess, start with um, feeling more connected to self and feeling connected to the body because if you have that disconnect, it's really hard to recognise what your body's telling you. Therefore, you can't recognise the signs and symptoms. So to really understand your true health is to understand how your body functions um, normally. And Ayurveda, you know, it it suggests that, you know, a healthy person, we should sort of feel vibrant. We should be able to easily align our body with the nature's cyclical rhythms. So for a female, that would particularly be our, our cycle, our menstrual cycle. So, you know, having a menstrual cycle that shows up every sort of 26 to 38 days regularly, um, minimal symptoms, you are going to get some fluctuations because we're talking about hormones fluctuating to produce a cycle so you will get you will feel different but understanding you know how your body feels in those different stages like that's also another real key sign to health being able to understand when you're feeling a little bit lower in energy but not completely depleted of energy so just being able to tune into your own natural biorhythm your your body's natural clock so you should feel you know you shouldn't feel like you're dragging yourself out of bed. If you are, then that's generally um, a cortisol imbalance, especially those who feel like they've got to drag themselves out of bed in the morning and then they have this peak in the afternoon and can't sleep and have an insomnia through the night. Like that's sort of classical HPA axis dysfunction, talking about like the, the cortisol. But, you know, to feel healthy in yourself should be feeling vibrant, should have that sort of sustained energy throughout the day. So not like dips and troughs and rises. It's that sustainability. It's feeling happy within yourself. It's feeling connected to who you are. It's feeling, being able to, you know, have a strong agni, a digestive fire, being able to consume nutrients that are going to go on to feed all of our cells so that we do feel very vibrant and alive. It's health is a really holistic um, a picture and Ayurveda looks at not just the body but the mind. So we've got to feel healthy and free of movement in the body. We've got to be able to assimilate food and we've got to be able to ignite all of ourselves, but we've got to be able to do that in our mind as well, process thoughts, ignite sort of our, you know, insights and bring it all together to feel that sort of true health and balance in the body. Wow, fascinating. I wish I could feel that every day. <laughs> but we know that doesn't happen all the time, right? And you're a mom, I'm a dad, you're a wife, I'm a husband. We, you work multiple jobs, you do multiple things, I do as well, and it, and it just piles up on us sometimes. And so, all right, let's start talking about some strategies. Let's start talking about some things. We know what the imbalance is. We know what it should look like. How do we manage it when it's not there? And I know most everybody listening and, and most everybody you come into contact with and myself as well have had this go on for a long time. I even see it so much in the, our little people, our children, what, what would you say the, the first step would be 
how do you start your client? So first of all, I always um, tell my clients, like I just explained earlier on in the podcast, is that there's, you know, those stages to disease manifestation and that's disease in the mind and the body. So we can't expect that, you know, it could, it, it may have taken years, like months and years to get to this place of real discomfort in the mind and the body. And as you said, you know, society's expectations of us are just piling on and on and on. And, you know, often I see clients, they come in and we sort of, I ask, you know, how's your stress? Like, how are you feeling in your, in your body and your mind? And how's like things going on? And they're like, oh, no, I'm, I'm not really stressed, but, you know, I've got to, oh, work's been crazy and like everything that's going on, we're going into lockdowns and then, you know, I've got all these things to do and then my kids are driving me nuts and I've got to homeschool the kids while I'm doing this. And I'm like, stress has just become so normalised that people are not even recognising it at the moment. And that is one of the first things. We need to recognise or accept that, you know, what we have normalised, our body still has not. And so our body is still going through these changes. Our mind is still adapting to these changes. And, you know, our, our subconscious mind is still holding on to things. So first of all, I always sort of um, ask the client just to acknowledge what is going on in their life. And I educate them. I like to educate them on how their mind and their body is reacting. Like I have at, at the start of this podcast, just talking about the different responses in the body with the stress and the sex hormones so that they understand that, you know, they might not perceive themselves in a great big stress but, you know, I think at the moment, to be honest, the whole world is in some state of stress. So, and it's chronic, you know, we, we know what we're all going through with, with this virus going on and um, it, it's impacting us on so many levels that I don't think we really have acknowledged. So I think the first step is just acknowledging that there is probably an underlying chronic stress going on and that this may have been happening for many years to get you to this state. So it's not going to be an overnight quick fix of implementing a few different lifestyle things or taking a few different herbs. So we need to first acknowledge that, that it, it it's a going to be a bit of a journey and we need to slowly implement things, not to overwhelm the client or overwhelm the person, but taking small steps. So that would sort of be my number one. And then what I like to do with my clients is um, go through their sort of daily lifestyle or dinacharya, what we call it in Ayurveda, like your daily routine and just see how that's playing out for them. And within that daily routine, when they're eating and what they're eating, because we know food can either be poison or medicine, depending on the individual. So we really need to sort of um, break down all of the the diet and how that's playing out in the body and the mind. So when we have sort of looked at the the diet and the lifestyle, then I would implement some suggestions. And like I said, I wouldn't say to start with them all at once because that can be really overwhelming. And then that is just creating another stress for that person to think, oh my God, I've got to do all of these things and implement all of this and all of this new diet and cooking. And that can be really overwhelming. And then I just find that they will be like, no, nah, too hard basket and go back to the way they were. So 
what we have to do is give them strategies that they can implement slowly over time and know that this is a lifestyle change. It's not a quick fix. It's a lifestyle that's going to get you into a more balanced state, but also to be able to tune into your inner knowing yourself, how your body works, how your mind works, and start to feel that deep connection so that you don't need to constantly see a practitioner. You can start to understand your body and, and, and the signs it's giving you by going through this process of sort of finding that deep connection to self. Very interesting. I know a lot of us, um, myself included, that uh, we don't quite fully understand that. And we are sold on the fact that, okay, yeah, this is the way life is. You know, I, I've i even caught myself saying it to my, my kids, you know, come on, you need to step up. There's a fine line, right? There's a line between you have to teach proper um, self-care and then you have to teach proper uh, work ethic. I, I, I see it a lot in my wife and I, I see it a lot in a lot of people in the community and everybody and it's rampant. And I know um, it's hard to take the time. It's hard to, like you said, to realize that we are stressed and we um, have all of this we think it's normal that it should happen. Everybody's constantly saying it's normal. I mean, so personally, I'm going to ask you a couple of things. What are some of the best things that you do that that help when things are getting crazy? Yeah, absolutely. I think when things are getting crazy and we realize that we do not have control over everything, you know, the only thing we do sort of have control over is is our mind, but even so, that's very hard to control. So I know that gets thrown out there a lot, like the only thing you can control is your thoughts. Well, you know, to some degree, yes, <laughs> but it is very hard and it is a practice within itself. However, in saying that, it's a practice worth diving into. So I know when a lot of things are getting out of control, I always make sure that at the end of the day I do a meditation. So I personally, I am not at the moment sitting there in like a seated meditation. I love to lay down and put my legs up the wall and an eye pillow on so I can completely tune out. The other thing is with this posture, you allow that vagus nerve, the vagus nerve to, you know, to activate and you drop into a real parasympathetic state. So by doing that, we're really, um, you know, softening those stress hormones. It's also very nourishing for the reproductive system and all of our organs. So if you do have hormonal imbalance, it's really beautiful posture with the legs up the wall laying there to nourish all of that. So at the end of the day, I love to ground myself in this way. I love to just tune off from the world. You know, we talk about in Ayurveda Pratyahara, so withdrawing from the senses. A lot of disease manifestation is because of overuse of the senses, especially these days, you know, we're, we're listening, we're tuning into the, the news, we're seeing all these flashing lights and TV and we're hearing all these, these um, negativities and we're, we're tuning our senses in all of these directions. And that's another reason why we're not really connecting self because we're not tuning into our inner being and our inner knowing. So I love to be able to do this practice 
to be able to disconnect from the external senses and tune back into my internal senses. So therefore practicing pratyahara. So that's sort of one thing I would like to say is, you know, it might, it might be hard at first to not hear the external noises, but it's some, a practice that truly is magnificent when you can start implementing it into your daily routine. Um, when I'm super busy with like work um, and homeschooling and running a business and all of these things, and I'm also studying, I'm also studying a master's in applied science for acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine as well. So I've got all of these things going on. So what I like to do is what I call micro meditation. So literally if I'm jumping from seeing a client to then moving into a podcast and to moving into study, I break those up by doing a five minute micro meditation where I just sit and breathe. And it's so good to recalibrate and, and realign the body. We have the breath. Our breath is food for prana. Prana is that life force energy that ignites all of our cells. We do not use the breath enough. It is the most unutilized tool that we have, but the most calming tool a busy mind you know will automatically start to calm down with a slow calming breath it has to scientifically the way that our body is aligned our our breath and our mind are so intricately connected so when we can control the breath we can start to control the mind and I think I'd like to say it's almost the cheats way how I said you know it is sometimes hard to control our thoughts and that process, but if we can start to cultivate breath control, we can slowly start to control the mind. So that's sort of my number one. If, if there's anything that you can do today to implement into your lifestyle, I would go with that. The other thing for me is I need a routine. Like I really need a structured schedule so that I can feel like that I'm not sort of losing myself or I don't know what's going on. Like I, I can be somewhat in control, but with, you know, the possibility of flexibility in my day, if I've got, you know, a schedule. So everything that I'm doing today, for instance, is, is written down. So I know at what time I've got to do what, and it just takes away some of that needing that brain power to then go, okay, now what should I do? Or, or feeling lost or feeling confused. Um, when we look at Ayurveda and we look at the doshas, you know, a, a vata dosha, doesn't particularly like a schedule or a routine because they like to be creative. They like to go with the flow. They're made up of like the ether and the air elements. Yet when they're feeling stressed and anxious and out of control, a routine is going to be what grounds them. And for a pitta person, it keeps them, it, it, like they need a routine because it makes them feel in control and it makes them feel settled. It settles their anxiety and stress. And for a couple person, well, they may need the routine to be able to, you know, to get into action <laughs> so that they can, you know, be productive and feel good about that as well. So I think having, you know, a routine is super important. Your breath work, your, um, your meditation, and when I talk about the routine, is also having set regular times um, for your meals as well so that the body knows when it's going to eat so that the body can produce the right enzymes to help with digestion and strengthen that agni mm. and that digestive fire. 
So they're like a, a couple of um, sort of simple things that I try to implement into my day so it feels a, a little more structured, therefore helping with sort of mitigating some of the stress around the day. Wonderful. Very useful, useful tips. And they're, they should be necessities in everyday life, but we oftentimes put our, our energy into doing what has to be done. And all of that stuff is, I mean, if we look at it, it's all routine too. Most of it, you know, good business is routine. Nature is routine. Sometimes don't think that it applies to us, and it does. I don't know. People talk about it. You know, people who are doing things that are like remarkable. It was what they did, how they did it, where they placed themselves, what they, their practices. It was also timing. I'm going to go ahead and start wrapping up uh, our discussion with a, with a recap and a, and a summary and then about your practice also. So for this particular topic, we've pretty much discussed and called out what stress is. We've defined it as something that puts stress on your body that creates an imbalance between your sex hormones and your stress hormones. And what it does is it causes your body to not differentiate between what is causing the stress, whether it is important or whether it's not important. It could be um, late for something that's not really that important, or it could be you're really, really having a stressful time at the moment. And we discussed that, the, the main ways that we can look at that and, and, and define that and see it as a rhythmic nature and how our rhythms can be off balance. We can start to feel things really small that we don't pay attention to a lot or maybe think that they're super important. And um, But it could be a lack of energy, them things that uh, we just, sometimes we feel like we have a lack of energy. But that's a sign. And that's a sign that we're, you know, not not quite balanced. And there could be a problem coming up tomorrow or the next day or the you know, a couple months, a couple years after that, you know, not feeling yourself is a big thing. Also, we mentioned that and energy loss, um, not being able to be harmonious and happy and, and, and connected with yourself. And then one of the biggest things that struck out to me that we discussed is like all stress is the same, whether it is something that is small or something that is really stressful, our body does not differentiate it. And we see that. A lot of things that show up that we've discussed is, especially in women, is through the menstrual cycle and the hormonal balances and how that shows up inflammation in the body and all of the things that happen within your body that are showing up later on and are harder to treat and diagnose once they're not acute. So those are really what we talked about as far as what stress is and what it does to the body some things that we discussed on how to mitigate that and how to how to remedy the whole situation is first to be aware and that was the first thing that struck out to me the most is to be aware and to also breathe and kind of take just a few minutes to understand and to take note of what's happening to take micro meditations micro movements, micro breaths, especially when you're busy. And the most important thing that we discussed was to become routine. Allow yourself the opportunity and 
the luxury of planning, being in charge of your own health, planning everything out, even if it doesn't happen. I've found one of the cool things about those micro meditations and the micro things, little small bite-sized chunks, is that has made wondrous effects in my life and my daughter's life and my wife's life. And it seems to be too simple sometimes, but it is very profound. It really works. I love that you mentioned that. So that's kind of what we've discussed so far today. Did I miss anything? No, I thought you wrapped that up absolutely beautifully. I loved that. Thank you much. Thank you much. Now, personally, let's get down to who you are. I'd like to, you know, ask you, what's your, what's your passion? What, what drives you? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, obviously I am very passionate about educating and inspiring women to feel more deeply connected to themselves. Um, but on more of a personal level, what I'm really, what I love to do is I love traveling. Like, so I do feel like my wings have been clipped at the moment. So that's sort of like my underlining stress for myself, um, just dealing with all of that. Um, yeah, because I love to immerse myself in different cultures and learn from different people. I, I absolutely love Southeast Asia. Like I was going to Bali a couple of times a year and I just, I feel that, you know, that's sort of the home of my soul almost, Bali. Um, I was meant to be going this year to India for Panchakarma and, yeah, so I, I guess that's my passion and I do I do really, really miss all of that. So I've had to sort of uh, redirect a lot of my passions at the moment and, um, you know, really appreciate what I have going on in my own life. And I am so blessed and I'm so lucky. Like I live in Australia, I live on the Gold Coast. It's very beautiful. I live near the ocean and I love going to the ocean with my family and just being out in the sunshine. I love hiking, like getting out into the mountains and doing some beautiful bushwalks as well. And obviously yoga is a massive passion of mine too. I'm a yoga teacher as well. And I just, I love practicing yoga. So you know, I've sort of dived in a lot more into that lately. Um, and chai lattes. <laughs> I love I love a chai latte with a friend. That's, that's a passion of mine. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's sort of, I guess, my, my passions at the moment. Beautiful, beautiful. Love it. Thank you so much. Okay, let's go a little bit deeper. What are some of your struggles as a I know you are struggling with time and energy and all that because you've got so much going on. I do appreciate you taking your time. What do you find the hardest to deal with? Yeah, sure. So you hit the nail on the head. So I used to always say time is my poorest commodity and I need to reframe that because, and I have been reframing that because when we start to believe that to be true, it is, it is true. And we can achieve a lot in the day. And I've had to also realize that we can't achieve everything in a day as well. So I guess um, some of my biggest struggles is, is feeling that lack of time and I'm having to really coach myself on it's okay to not have everything done. And I've certainly had to let go of perfection, like getting things out there into the world and just making that first step is better than not getting them done at all because you're caught up on the perfection of things. So in the past, I used to sort of be a lot more sort of on that sort of perfectionist 
I guess, realm, whereas now I'm just all about more productivity and just getting things out there. So definitely time. And like I said, one of the other struggles that I'm facing at the moment is feeling like my wings are being clipped. I'm I'm just, uh, as I was saying before we started recording, like I'm in another lockdown now at the moment at home and I'm trying to like I'm launching my program. I've got this amazing program that I'm launching. So I'm in the middle of that as well as seeing clients, as well as study. And now I've got the kids home doing homeschooling and just juggling all of that. You know, that is why I have to be so routine because if I'm not, and if I don't breathe, then that can get out of control. And I feel like I'm losing myself in this sort of like chaos. So I guess um, it's just, yeah, I guess that is one of the real struggles that I'm facing with at the moment, just sort of trying to be on top of everything, but keeping sort of calm amongst the chaos. You know, thank you for being open with that. I appreciate you. I hear that all the time and I see it it with my wife. I see it with my family. There's just not enough, right? There's not enough to go around and the society and work and everything will keep taking and demanding there's no limit it's easier to to say that you know your time and your energy and all of this you're worth the investment and everything but getting it done and being actually taking that that step is a hard hard thing to do and I, I i hear you i see that to never experience it like you do and like my wife does but man i see it so thank you for that thank you for being open and honest Thank you for being a really beautiful host on your podcast. Very, You've got a really nice, beautiful, calm demeanour and I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Um, I do want to touch one more thing before we start wrapping up. You had discussed that you have a practice. Tell, tell, tell everybody about your, your stuff. Yeah, sure, I can do that. <laughs> um, so I have... Um, my business is called Harmony Inspired Health. I have an Avator and Integrative Health practice, uh, practice on the Gold Coast, Australia, but I see international clients. So I've got clients all over the world, like uh, New Zealand, the UK, Canada, America. Um, yeah, so I do consultations over Zoom as well. I specialize in women's hormonal health and gut imbalances, stress and overwhelm, um, also metabolic function. So that really is comes under the, the hormonal sort of sphere of things. But a lot of the times people don't understand that. So, yeah, I just mentioned that as well. And I do have a, an amazing program that is starting on the 26th of August, which is called Ayurveda Alchemist, and that's to become an Ayurveda lifestyle and wellness coach. Um, so that's an accredited program here in Australia. And yay. <laughs> And yeah, it will certify you, but it doesn't only certify you to become an Ayurveda lifestyle and wellness coach. We actually have modules to help you set up a business in it. So I've got some amazing guest expert speakers coming on. I've got one of Australia's leading women's in business um, consultants who is going to be talking to us about the foundation of business. I've got a lady coming on to talk about money mindset and um, brand alchemy. I've got a lady who is a breathwork teacher coming on to talk about that and limiting core beliefs. So it's just a really beautiful, um, well-rounded program. So even if you're not looking at setting up your own business as an Ayurveda um, lifestyle and wellness coach, it is a program that's going to really enhance your knowledge of yourself, of Ayurveda and personal development. So I'm super excited for this program. 
And um, yeah, you can find all of the information on my website, which is www.harmonyinspiredhealth.com.au, Instagram, Harmony Inspired Ayurveda, and Facebook, Harmony Inspired Health. Beautiful, wonderful. Thank you so much. I'm glad uh, we are able to reach out to you. And um, if anybody uh, has any questions, please reach out to Harmony directly. I will put uh, all of your information in the show notes. And unless you have anything else to um, say, I'd like to ask you the last thing is the one thing that we should not miss. That it all starts with awareness and being able to connect to yourself. And to be able to do that, you need to take some time out to really reflect on how you're feeling. So ask yourself, how do I feel in this moment? And then possibly take some time to sit in silence and do a bit of a meditation so that you can really feel into the body and connect to yourself. And just know that it is a journey. Things aren't going to change overnight. It's a lifestyle journey that is definitely worth taking, but it's just about trying to connect to self because you do have so many of the answers inside of you. Yes, sometimes you need a little help on the way and like a great practitioner like myself or like Chris, we can really help guide you, but you, but we guide you back to self. We guide you back to who you really are so that you can listen to your own body's intelligence and that inner wisdom that you have. Well said. Thank you very much for your time, your effort. I know you have a lot going on and you have to get back to your your kids and everything. So I really appreciate you. Without further ado, everyone, have a great day. Bella Life, where health and wellness starts with you.